you will fall off. You will get back on. It's a fall off and get back on the horse situation. You're not going to always be perfect at being productive or managing your time well. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Talk Clutter to Me. This week, or I guess this month, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about productivity and time management. With the end of the year right in sight, I want to make sure that everybody has a really firm foothold on their productivity, time management. We want to look and see what we are doing well, what we can improve on, so that we can start 2024 on an extremely strong note. So let's dive in. Before we dive in to our productivity and time management, let's take a quick look at how we felt in 2023 with our productivity and time management. Did we think we did a really great job? Do we think that we could do better? Um, Me, myself, and I think that I could have done better with my productivity and time management. It has been very hard this year with so many things going on and happening And I am ready to start 2024 or even just today off on a positive note to start working toward what I want to work toward in the future. So first off, let's talk about what is productivity. Productivity to me is when you are given a set amount of time, how many things can you effectively do in that amount of time? The two things that we need to balance with productivity is... Uh, mental health and our time. Sure, we can get more and more things done, but sometimes we are going to put our mental health in jeopardy if we focus too much on achieving too many tasks. With productivity, we're able to get more things done in less amount of time. Something that might take me 30 minutes to get done might take somebody else an hour to get done. And it's a combination of experience and what we're doing and how effective we are in our time management. If you spend the first 15 minutes scrolling through social media, that's not very productive. And so we want to first take a look at A, what we're doing, B, what we want to be doing. There is no such thing as a perfect system for everybody. What works for me might work differently for you. And it might not be the same thing that actually works. So I want us to keep that in mind first and foremost, that there is no perfect system for every single person. And sometimes we need to change it up. Occasionally you'll see that I will go to a lot of electronic type softwares to help manage my time better. And then sometimes I'll go back to pen and paper. Right now, I'm in a cycle of back to pen and paper. It's just what is working for me right now. And we have to be okay with changing up and understanding that it is a normal part of our lives. My brain doesn't like to do the same thing for too long because it gets very bored. And so it needs to change up or else I become very unproductive of a person. We want to look at some of the things that hinder our productivity. That way we have a better idea of what is going to make us more productive. So I made a list of some things that make us not as productive. 
those would be social media and electronic devices. How many of us spend hours upon hours scrolling through social media and just blindly on our phones? And it's just wasting so much of our precious time and energy. When we got rid of our TV, we don't have a TV. We have a projector that we use if we want to put something on a big screen. But when we got rid of our TV years ago, it was one of the best decisions we ever made because we weren't sitting there in front of the TV doing things. We had other things that we needed to do that did end up turning into us just doing stuff on our phones, but we're actively always looking to make our lives a bit more productive and streamlined. The next thing is that you've got too many things. Sometimes when you've got too many things that you know you need to do, It causes a lot of stress, which is another item that hinders our productivity is the amount of stress we have. But there's too many things. We don't know where to start. And then we kind of are in this moment where we don't know where to start. We're we're paralyzed literally by too many decisions or things. The other thing is too much physical clutter, whether that is your inbox or your physical space. Clutter can really cause a hindrance of your productivity. There's a reason why when you go to a coffee shop, you are way more productive than you are if you are at home. It is because when we're home, we feel like we have to do things like chores while we're doing work and take care of the kids and take care of the pets and we're comfortable. When we go to the coffee shop, we go there with goals in mind and we knock those goals out fairly quickly. The next one is neurostatus. And what I mean by this, and this might not be the technical term for it, but I mean, are you neurodivergent? If you are neurodivergent, if you have ADHD, if you are on the spectrum, this can hinder your productivity, right? But knowing that status and understanding what it is and where it comes from is going to help. So knowing, hey, I have ADHD, this is going to be a natural hindrance to my productivity. Now you know where to move forward from. Trauma. Trauma is huge. Many of you know that my husband was in a really bad car accident a year and a half or so ago at this point, and it was really bad. My productivity level now compared to then is drastically different. It's night and day. I am not the same person I was back then, but it wasn't my necessarily my entire trauma. It was also my husband. My husband is not nearly as productive as he was either. So trauma can really hinder productivity because our brain is trying to support the essential functions that we need to survive And so our physical space becomes a second, comes, goes into the backseat. Our productivity goes to the backseat because it's literally just our body and mind are just trying to get through the trauma that has happened. So whether it is a horrible car accident, a mental or emotional trauma, or if you have not come to terms with the trauma that has happened in your past, been there. It will hinder your productivity and 
it, you might think, oh, why shove those feelings down and I just keep working, keep working. And so on the surface level, you look really productive, but you are killing yourself mentally and emotionally, which is not a positive way to be productive. Lack of support systems can hinder our productivity as well. If you don't have a support system to help you, your productivity can really go down. And that can be from work. It can be from family life. It can be from friends. If you don't have the proper support systems in those areas, you can feel emotionally diminished in those areas and feel like you've got to pick up the slack constantly. And you just then can't spend time doing the things that you need to do. Boundary issues is my last one that we're going to talk about. Boundary issues can really hinder our productivity. I grew up having this people-pleasing mentality. Um, I always just wanted to say yes and just please other people. And so I still have that problem today where if somebody asks me, can you do a job on a Sunday? Sunday is my family day and my natural instinct is just to say, yes, I will make it work, but yes, I will do that. And when I don't set good boundaries and don't respect those boundaries, my productivity goes down because I get way too stressed. If you can't tell, a lot of these items really come back to stress. So now we have talked about things that hinder our productivity, right? I want you to write out on a piece of paper, pause the podcast, just write them out real quick. What are five things that are currently hindering your productivity? What are these things that right now you feel like are in the way of you becoming your most productive self? It can be the social media, electronic devices, too many things, your cluttered space, your neurostatus, trauma, lack of support system, and inability to keep boundaries around things. What are these things that are really hindering and what are some ways that we can then start to build away from there? We have our problem. Let's start to figure out solutions to these problems we're having. Now that we've talked about productivity a little bit, I wanna start to talk about some different methods we can use once we have tackled some of these issues, these internal issues, what are some things that we can do to be effective and be our most effective self to be productive and get the things and achieve all the things we want to get done? First and foremost, nobody is perfect 100% of the time. You will fall off. You will get back on. It's a fall off and get back on the horse situation. You're not going to always be perfect at being productive or managing your time well. And that's okay, because sometimes I really do think that it's important to have unproductive days. And even like if you should plan on that every couple weeks, or at least once a month, have an unproductive day where you don't try to be productive in the least. You just let your mind wander and you let your body tell you what you want to do. And if you want to sit around scrolling on social media that day, do that. Because that's what your body is telling you it wants to do at the moment. It needs to do something that is not productive. Being too productive can really hinder your emotional and mental self. 
So how do we be pro more productive? We've tackled these issues, the root causes of us being unproductive. Now, how do we be productive? We manage our time better. How do we manage our time better? There is a world of different possibilities and there's still new ones coming out that I don't even know about. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna show you the ones that work the most for me and things that I know work best for other people as well. First off, again, nobody's perfect all the time. You will sometimes need to change it up and there is no perfect system that works for everyone. If you leave today hearing anything from this podcast, know those three things and give yourself some grace when you do fall off the horse. You just gotta pick yourself up and keep going. Just like in Bluey, that was, a, that was an episode where she's like, I brush myself off, or pick myself up, brush myself off, and keep going. The show must go on. And that's really what it's about, is the show still has to happen. Life doesn't stop for us. We have to keep going. And so when something doesn't work, I want you to have an arsenal of things to try or have as backups so that your show can keep going on without you feeling like you've wasted a huge amount of time or became extremely unproductive. We don't want those bouts. Those those bouts happen to me too, where we go through an episode of just being extremely unproductive. And it's hard. It's harder once you've become extremely unproductive. It's hard to get yourself back. Whereas compared to when you get slightly unproductive, change it up and get back. It's a small step rather than a really big step. So my very first thing that I want to tell you guys about is Google Calendar. 99% of us out there have smartphones and we all have the capability of having a digital calendar at this point. Now, Google Calendar truly is a lifesaver for me. And when I tell you that it's a lifesaver for me, when people ask me, what are you doing on Wednesday? Do you have time to meet with me later today at five o'clock? The first things that come out of my mouth are, I don't know, let me check my calendar. If it does not live on my calendar, it does not exist in my life. I live my life off of my Google Calendar. That can be negative sometimes, but most of the time it's very positive. What that is doing is it is taking all the little short-term events, like what's happening today and what's happening tomorrow. It's taking all those little things and removing it from my brain so my brain doesn't have to take the memory capabilities to remember what is happening in the next 48 hours. For those computer people out there, it's RAM. It's the short-term memory is the RAM. And I don't need to worry about my brain using more RAM to remember like little tasks and little events that I have to do. Now, my brain does know some of the big things, but it might not know the exact time. But I don't have to make myself remember these things. They just kind of naturally happen because they're on my calendar. So if you look at my Google Calendar, you will see that I have a lot of different colors, a lot of different blocks, 
And I'm going to go through and describe all of these for you so that you can understand why I use Google Calendar so much and how I use Google Calendar. For those of you who are listening to this podcast, I'm pulling up my Google Calendar and you're going to, you would see a rainbow of different colors. There is roughly 17 calendars that I have on my Google Calendar. This also incorporates uh, my work one. Um, I think if I added a couple others that show up on my phone, we're probably looking at 19 total Google Calendars that are turned on on my Google Calendar. Now, why do I do so many different Google calendars? Reason number one is if you create multiple Google calendars, you can set a dedicated color to a certain calendar. So for instance, my personal calendar is going to show up as gray all the time. That way I know if it's gray, that is a personal event. Anything that is a standard blue color that is my business stuff. That is things that are specifically for the business. And anything that is yellow is health and wellness. So it can be doctor's appointments. It can be workout times. That is all health and wellness items. What this does is it really helps me understand what is happening at a first glance just by seeing the color. It is so incredibly nice to be able to look at my calendar and see the color and know that that's what it is. For those of you who are manually changing event colors, stop it and just start adding new calendars so that you don't have to waste your time manually changing the color. Stop it. Just stop it. The other really wonderful thing about utilizing Google Calendar is you can not only invite people to specific events, but you can invite people to certain calendars. For example, I have a calendar that is listed here that is called Owen. This calendar is anything dealing with Owen, anything that involves who is watching him, if there is a specific class that he's going to, it gets put under the Owen calendar. Who can see the Owen calendar? Not only my assistant can see my Owen calendar to make sure that I have appropriately scheduled somebody to be watching him if I'm busy, but my husband can see it as well as my in-laws because my in-laws do occasionally watch my son a lot. People who need to know about Owen's every every movement almost have access to that calendar. My in-laws couldn't care less about seeing my work calendar. And honestly, if they were able to see my work calendar, it would probably make it very overwhelming for them because there are so many events. So by dividing it into different calendars, I'm kind of dividing it into different subjects. If you have a science tutor that is helping you with your science, they don't care about seeing all your English assignments. They just want to see what is pertinent to them. 
We're going to use this test one as an example. If you scroll down into the calendar settings, you'll eventually find a place that says share with specific people or groups. This is where you can share it with other people so they can either see things, add things, whatever you may want for them to do in this area. If you go back to the main page on the left hand side, when you scroll down, you will now see test as a calendar option. If you click on the three dots on the right hand side of that calendar, you'll be able to select that and change the color of the calendar itself. So every single event that gets made under this calendar will show up as that specific color. Now, that is a little bit about Google Calendar. I've talked about why I love using Google Calendar so much. And I really encourage you to use Google Calendar for things that require other people to be able to see it or if there's a specific time to the task. Now, the other thing that I love to do is called time blocking. Time blocking is imagine you are back in school. When you were in school, you had different periods. First period was maybe science. Second period was math. Third period was English. Imagine you're dividing your day like it's a school schedule. You're giving yourself a block of time, and these are the things that I'm doing in that time. When you're in science class, the only thing in your whole priority is science class, science tasks, science homework, Ideally, that's what you're supposed to be doing during science class. The bell rings, you go to your next period, it's math. Your whole focus and priority is math. This is the same situation with time blocking. I did not come up with the term. I did not come up with this idea. I found out about this idea from Jordan Page from Fun Cheaper Free. She is a wonderful person, has many great ideas, so I encourage you to go check her out. But... I took her idea, her and everything, and I adjusted it to meet my needs and the way that my brain worked. So the basis of it is, is you set up five different blocks of time. Divide your day into five different blocks of time, and I will show you my time block here in a minute. But what you're going to do is divide it out, and when you need to make a doctor's appointment, have a block where that's the only time you're going to make a doctor's appointment. That way, it's very easy and predictable for you. If you look at my time block plan, which I will show you right here, here it is. So from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m., that is my wake-up block. What I'm doing in that block during those two hours is my breakfast, my emails, and my planner. I'm getting ready for the day. That breakfast should actually say morning routine, but I know what that means. From 7 a.m. to 1 p.m., I'm working as my work block. It could be a whole slew of things, but it is work-related. 1 to 5 is my afternoon block. It could still be some work. I got to pick up my Owen. My <laughs> I got to pick up Owen, do some cleaning, check on emails again. Five to eight is family blocks, so it's family time. I'm doing dinner, I'm relaxing, and I'm doing any cleaning that I maybe didn't do in one of the other blocks. 
And my 8 to 11 is my wrap-up block. So I will do some little bit of wrapping up on things that I needed to do for work. I'll wind down. This is when I'm going to do working out. And I'm going to plan my next day. That is my time block. Ideally, what you would do is you this is your schedule for almost every day, except for maybe the weekend where it could change up a little bit. For me, it being the same thing every single day doesn't actually work for me. But that's okay. What I've done is I have given myself weekly priorities. Because I have so many things that I'm doing, I've noticed that if I try to do a little bit of everything, every single day, I don't make a lot of progress. Opposed to if I spend one day focusing my time on marketing, then I feel like I actually get things done. Once all of my marketing tasks are done on Tuesday, then I can start to hit other tasks up that are not marketing focused. Same thing with planning and prep on Saturdays. Once my planning and prep items are completed, I can then go on to other tasks that are different. Maybe that's when I do a little bit more marketing, but I need to do the planning and prep first. That is my number one priority. So I gave you guys a lot of information on different ways to manage our time better, and there's no right or wrong answer. If you want to do the weekly priorities, but then use a planner, that makes sense. If you want to do Google Calendar, but then a paper to-do list, there's a lot of different ways you can utilize a lot of these methods to achieve what is going to be uniquely your best productivity hack. And there's things that I didn't even mention, I'm sure of. Um, one of the methods is really setting a short period of time to do tasks and then giving yourself mo a lot of breaks. For some people, that is really, really helpful. Set a 15-minute timer, go to town, and then have a five-minute break. And then you just keep repeating that same process throughout the day. For some people, that works really, really well. And that is something that really helps get me out of a funk sometimes. It is not something I do solely because I'm the kind of person that likes to get entranced into what I'm doing. And so 15 minutes for me is a short period of time. But it really does help because I can get a lot of things done in 15 minutes if that is my sole focus that I'm giving myself. It really works well for those with ADHD as well. And maybe you need a somebody to help keep you accountable. Having an accountability partner is really, really encouraging and helpful because it can either be somebody that sits down with you and will be there while you are doing your work, but just be there silently to where you feel like you have that little bit of stress and accountability. Or it can be a friend that's like, hey, get your crap together. Did you finish this? And it should be somebody that you extremely appreciate, that knows you, and is not going to let you get away with not doing the things you say you're going to do. So 
take some time, look over all of this wonderful information that I've put out there and figure out what that arsenal is going to look like for you and have a backup plan. As always, thank you for listening to the podcast, Talk Clutter to Me. If you have questions, if you want to hear me talk about something that I haven't talked about yet, um, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, please reach out to me and let me know and I will get you on the podcast. We will talk more. We will talk clutter. Uh, (laughs) And to end this, really, what I want to end this with, like I end every episode, is what is currently cluttering my life. What is currently cluttering my life today is mail. I have a pile of mail that I have to go through that I have not gone through in a minute because I've been stuck doing other things. But mail is currently cluttering my life. And again, it's normal. There is always something that is cluttering our lives. It's just whether or not we're going to let it control our lives. And we're not, right? So... Thank you for joining me. I hope you join me again next time. Next month, we are going to have a very special guest, Melanie Summers, on. If you watched my uh, me be a guest on her podcast, we talked a lot about standard operating procedures for professional organizers and work processes. With us starting 2024, I thought it would be wonderful to have Melanie on talking about ADHD and ways that those of us with ADHD can tackle organizing and how for those with ADHD organizing looks a little different than it will for what we see on Instagram all the time so I can't wait for you guys to hear more from Melanie I hope you guys have a wonderful holiday regardless of whatever holiday you're celebrating I hope you are spending time with loved ones and really having and giving back to the community so Happy holidays, and I will see you in 2024.